Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. God bless you, family. Good morning. Pastor Eric here, the lead pastor of Thrive Church. If you're a thriver, good morning to you and your beautiful families. If you are joining us for the first time, we welcome you. I hope you enjoyed that worship set. We have a great team here, and I pray that the message is encouraging to you. Uh, we have a handful of people here in the room, some, some of the team, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you're probably more excited at home with your coffee and your bunny slippers on, but uh, we can't wait to get you back in the building. Just a, a little bit of a, of a status update. We're watching the numbers here closely, locally, and uh, the numbers are very high in our county. Um, ICU beds are full beyond capacity. So we are just taking our time, taking care of you, trying to take care of our city and our neighbors. So we're gonna be a little bit more patient, but that's why we do this online. So shout out to our worship team, our tech team, our media team, our, our production team. They do a great job every, every week. And so uh, we thank you for joining us today. Um, God is good. And all the time, amen. I, I, I really enjoyed the worship set this morning because what a week, right? I saw this, like, I think they're called memes. It's like little thing on social media that someone put up there. Uh, I've tried out uh, 2021 for seven days. I'd like to take my money back, right? Because 2021 has been rough already. We saw the uh, terrible scenes on our TV screens with the rioting at the Capitol. Um, and it's sort of like this continuation of this atmosphere of destruction and anger and violence and rioting. We've seen most of, we saw most of 2020. Um, what we're looking at, family, is the reason why God established his church in the first place. Because we're not a part of a uh, pristine society. We are part of a fallen world. And the church was planted and established to be a witness to the goodness of God, to his faithfulness, that he and only he sets things in order. And when we go beyond his guardrails, when we go beyond his word, when we take matters into our own hands, that only leads to death and destruction and hurt and regret. Like nothing good is found outside of his boundaries. And so family of God, thrivers, visitors, friends, first time, first time visitors, I welcome you to recalibrate in 2021 because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And this broken society needs a whole church. This incomplete, fragmented society needs a church. That's not a building. That's not an organization. That is you and I. We're the church. The world needs us to get our stuff together. He needs us to get our eyes off of people and circumstances and onto the one who has set this world spinning in the first place and who will not allow his glory to be stolen by no man or woman. We live for his purposes and his causes. So without a doubt, it's been a, a, a difficult first week of the new year, but God is still alive and well. I love the song that we were singing that said, take courage, my heart. Did you sing that? If you didn't sing that, you should have. If you missed the worship, go back after I'm done and catch the worship set. It was all good, but that song, Take Courage, My Heart, Stay Steadfast, My Soul, He, God, is in the waiting. 
Hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He will surely keep his promise to me. We sang that because it's gospel. We didn't sing it because it's cute or quaint. We didn't sing it because it's pithy and emotionally moving. We sang it because it's biblical. We sang it because it's gospel. He will keep his promises. So we might need to be like David and speak to ourselves this week and say, take courage. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God because he is with us. I wanna pray. I'd like to start by praying. I got a lot to share with you, but I wanna pray. I wanna pray for our nation. I wanna take a moment to pray. We lost another dear saint, Sister Olga Brewer, this last week to COVID-19, to, to Mike Gars and his family, all those related to her. We pray for you. Um, a dear saint, we have some folks that are in the hospital. Um, COVID-19 is, is, is just, uh, it, it's pretty uh, everywhere right now. And so we wanna pray. We wanna pray that the Lord would keep people well and, and heal the sick and get us through um, and, and move us forward, and we need to pray for our nation. So would you just bow your heads briefly with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you, and if we haven't taken a moment to do it until now, we do it this moment. We give you 2021. We do it now, a holy moment, to say, God, have this year, have my life, have my efforts, my strength, my dreams and goals. Heavenly Father, we beseech you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and ask you to cover our nation. We pray, Father God, against the spirit of division, polarization, politicization of everything, God. I pray your church would keep its wherewithal, would keep its senses, and that we would bow our knees before you and you alone, and that we would see our life mission is to share the good news you bring not the promises of a man or woman, not the promises of one particular party or another, but we bring the good news, the transforming good news that Christ, you died because you loved us and you've promised eternal life for those who give themselves to you. This life is just but a twinkling of an eye. It's brief, Lord, it's like dust. It's like a vapor. So Father, let us seize the day. Let us seize the moment as much struggle as we witness around us. Let us seize the moment to be bearers of your image and to champion you and you alone. For you are the hope of the world. And so we pray, Father, that you would touch those that are sick, that you would protect us, that you would heal us, Father, that you would, you would bring health to our county, to our cities, to our nation, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Father, we pray for peace for those who are struggling with the COVID-19 virus today. Father God, we pray for your healing hand. We're not in this alone. Draw us closer to you, Lord. Not farther away from one another, but closer to you and those who believe in you. Lord, let us see those who do not believe in you. Father, as the love, as the, the people, the souls you created lovingly, those you died for them, that we would love them. We would love them without end. Grace our thoughts, our words, our actions with that agape love, that unconditional love, so that we might lead others to you. And bless this word to our souls. We need you, Lord, more than ever. 
Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Family, I want you to turn your Bibles. Go back to Luke chapter nine. We're gonna get there in just, in just a moment. Tomorrow, Monday, we start 21 days of prayer. We kind of, I just kind of kicked it off right there. But 21 days of prayer every day. If you go to our social media page pages, you will see, and, and on our website, you will see a list of those things we are praying for that day. We will lead you daily in a prayer focus. And then in just a few weeks, at the end of the month, we will gather together on, on Sunday night to pray and to worship together, to crown this season. But we can't expect good things to happen without prayer. So join us for prayer on our devotion night at the end of the month and join us every day for 21 days of prayer. Now, now what we just showed you was a great, like a little highlight video of the good that Thrive Church was able to do because of your generosity, because of your volunteer hours. I want you to know that 2020 was difficult, but it didn't stop Thrive from thriving. Can I get a witness? It didn't stop Thrive from thriving, and it didn't stop Thrive from serving others so they could thrive as well. And so what we initiated just about a year ago, we didn't know COVID was gonna happen, nobody did, but we, we launched something called the GROW Project, which is a giving initiative. It's a giving initiative, a giving challenge that we as a Thrive family would rally together and give more than we have given before. That money doesn't stay at Thrive, although Thrive is about doing is is about doing things wonderful things to to teach people who God is so they might know him and so there were some some goals that were uh, set with with those monies to expand our sanctuary because up until we had a close up because of covid before covid we were at four services every sunday and, and so we wanted to push these walls back and make room for people that goal was set on hold obviously because of the times but we, continue, we were able to pour finances into our online ministry. We were able to continue to serve children, young people, young adults, uh, adults, senior citizens throughout it all because of our creative team and, and the technology that we were able to purchase. We continue to sow into children all year. We gave away over 800 back. We did so many wonderful things because of your giving and because of your service. So even though the pandemic kind of caused us to pivot, we were able to continue to do the things that God had called us to do before because of your generosity. We want to thank you for your generosity uh, at the end of the service, you're gonna see there are four ways to give if you'd like to give today, but I just wanna say thank you. We were able to feed hundreds of people. Almost 11,000 meals were donated from this place in this parking lot. We gave away over 600, 600 backpacks full of school supplies. They drove through, the line was out and onto the road. Of families that needed their kids to have a highlight this year, we had this big bubble arch and they went through and we cheered for them. We had uh, members of the, of, the, of the Lathrop High School cheer team here cheering for them. It was one of the highlights they had because they, our kids have been home getting their education. We were able to provide a myriad of ministries and, and, and services to people who needed their lights turned on because they'd lost work. Uh, we get, put diapers on babies and formula in their bottles. We 
kept PG&E on for some who were laid off. We even provided some pastors counseling, some, uh, some children and, and, and adults with counseling that were in the throes of depression and anxiety because of the circumstances. Your giving made those things possible. And we built two um, tabernacles. We, well, we financed the building of two tabernacles. Those are going to go up here soon in the first part of 2021. But we were able to get the money into the missionaries' hands so they can buy the materials and get ready to build those tabernacles. We were able to continue to fund our, our missionaries all around the world because of your giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you for moving mountains on behalf of people. I want to continue in the passage, Luke chapter 9. We're talking about the GROW project, and, and, and I wanted to spend just two weeks in this passage. Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. And it says, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you, someone say you, you give them something to eat. They answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were what? Satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So this is kind of part two of a two-part message. I want to just recap real quick. Last week, we looked at this passage and we noticed that Jesus said, first, you do something about it. Someone say you. You do something about it. He tells the disciples when they come with their need, he's like, hey man, it's getting late. There's like thousands of people here. There's not a store. There's not a market in near us. We're in a remote place. Send them to go get something to eat because it's getting late in the day. And he said, you give them something to eat. The point being is this, friend. God wants us to take it personal when it comes to the need in the world. The people around us, we're to take it personal. God has a mission for our lives, and it's to impact other people's lives. We should be personally, we should feel personally uh, called, personally on a mission to minister to other people. He said, you feed them. And I believe the point would have been, hey, if someone here has some faith, go find something, pray over it, and I'll take care of the rest, right? But, but not one of them, although they'd seen him do miracles, had that kind of faith. See, God might, you might be looking around and seeing, there's so much wrong, I, what can I do? He says, don't worry about what you can't do, just do what you can do. And in my hands, I make it work. You don't got the words to say. You don't got the, all the resources people need. You don't got the, 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 the bright ideas or the connections maybe. But what you do have, I can use. Learn to trust. I will intersect the little you have with my omnipotent power and I will make it work. You take it personal though. You got to have a burden for people. 
Gotta, you can't, we can't be self-centered, selfish, praying just about prayers for ourselves. We ought to be concerned about those around us and believe, well, the little I have, he can use. He says, you do something about it. Then he takes the bread. Now, what's kind of cool is that, is that he doesn't take, he doesn't take or steal or rob a child has to offer it. There's a little boy whose mother sent him with lunch. He doesn't take from your hand. He takes, he receives what you give him. We need him to take us. We need to give him our lives, like, like every little bitty part of it. He won't just take it from you. You have to offer it to him. Some of us think we, we get into like a cycle where I'm doing what I'm doing and, 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 and you pray, but there's no consideration of, well, what does God want me to do with my time? Or what does God want me to do with my job? Or what is God, how does God want me to lead my family? Or how does God want me to serve in my community? We're just kind of doing our lives and thinking he'll just kind of interject and do what he wants. Our God truly is a gentleman. He doesn't take something you don't give him. He's not a thief that he would rob us, that he would force us. He's not a strong man that would come into your house and simply take control from you. He says, I will take what you give me, but you gotta give it to him. The wise person gives him everything because we need him to bless us. We need him to bless us. That was the third thing I said last week. We need him to bless us. You're not smart enough to not need his blessing. You're not so good looking, you don't need his blessing. You don't have enough in savings, you don't need his blessing. It can all go in a minute. We need his blessing. The wise person knows that everything is better when it's in his hands. Better when it's in his hands. The way you discipline your children, the way that you handle your words, the relationships that you keep, the way that you finance your, 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 your living style, your lifestyle, the way that you talk when you're upset. Every part of you is better when it's in his hands because he blesses, he doesn't curse the one who offers himself to him. And you might be a hot mess today, but that's okay. That's okay. It's like, all I got is like two fish and five loaves of bread. That was enough. Can I get a witness? That was enough. Like to me, that's a hot mess, right? That's a hot mess. A couple fish and some barley loaves of bread and all these people, that's a mess. We're in a mess. We're in a dilemma. We're having ourselves a dilemma moment. That's not a phrase, but I just made it up. We're in trouble. God's not intimidated with the little you have and the ground you need to cover, he will bless it. Everything's better in his hands. Someone say better. Better. Today, I want to talk to you about this. See, we're to take it personal so that others can be satisfied. So that others might be satisfied. That we stop praying prayers that are one direction. We start praying prayers that are multi-directional. That over these 21 days, you don't just pray God for me and God for me and God this for me and God, I need that. But we start, it's okay. It's okay to pray for yourself, but don't spend all your time there. Spend a little bit. 
And start to spend your time praying for your pastor. Start to spend time praying for your team here that serves you. Start to pray for your children and your children's friends. Start to pray for your school. Start to pray for our president. Start to pray for our nation. Start to pray for our neighborhoods. Start to pray for your cousin that you don't get along with. Pray for her too. Pray for him. Start to pray for others. Why? Because God wants to satisfy the hurt in their hearts. Some people are hard to get along with because they're hurting. Some people are like oil and water because you might bring a, 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 a God-focused life where there's some oil of gladness in you and they're like vinegar. Like they just like, and it can overwhelm the, the taste of the room when they're in there. Let me just tell you, there's a reason for that. There's a reason, there's some hurt, there's some woundedness, there's some disappointment, there's some abandonment, there's some, there's, there's some wound that hasn't healed. There's a reason why, and God wants to satisfy their soul. He doesn't revolve around us, we revolve around him. And as we draw people closer so that they can get carried away in the power of his gravity, he takes them and leads them along a path of wholeness and healing and completeness. And that should make you glad, Christian, when your enemy gets saved, when your adversary gets a promotion, when those that are kind of nipping at your heels Somehow get it, somehow, somehow that you felt some competitiveness. Then you begin to see the grace of God working in their lives. You begin to see something transforming them. It should make us glad. Why? Because we know the good God that is in order, that is ordering our steps. We should live our lives so that others can be satisfied. Look at this verse. See, we, we need, well, we said he needed to take us and we needed, he needed to bless us. I want you to know he needs to break us. He needs to break us. The reality is, if we're honest, there's some parts of us that need some breaking off. Luke chapter nine, verse 16 says, he took the loaves and the fish and he looked up to heaven, he gave thanks and he what? He broke them. He broke them. There's a part of their, there are still. I'll just raise my hand. I'll go first. There's parts of me that still need to be broken. See, God will change your form to use you. He will change your constituents, your, your, the way you're constituted. He will, he will alter your life. And, and there are parts of us that we've had on and we've carried that have been a burden for so long. And we wonder why we could be negative, why we're given to anxiety. He needs to break some stuff off of us. God blesses the broken pieces. He took the loaves. And he could have just multiplied them, but he didn't leave them just as they were, this pristine-looking handmade by a mama, you know, in a, in a little town, in some little place. A mama made that bread for her boy. She put loving care in it. She fashioned it the best way she knew how. But in the hands of the Savior, he needed to break it and change its form. Parts of us need to be broken. Parts of us we've gotten comfortable with. Parts of it look like every, part of us look like everyone else in our lives. And he says, it's not for you to stay that way. I need to change you. I need to change you. I'm gonna bless you completely. You gotta let me break you if I see fit to break you. You can't just keep jumping out of my hands. This is a word for somebody. 
Some of you give yourself and take yourself back. You give yourself and you take yourself back because he starts to put his hands on parts of your life and he begins, you feel the tension. He's starting to take something off of you. He's starting to break you and change things and you get uncomfortable with it because you don't know how to function healthy because all you've known is unhealthy. It's like, it's like when you're running, riding your car, you ever get in someone else's car? I once got in a friend's car. True story, this is not in my notes. And I don't think this story is going to change your life, but it'll make the point. I got in a friend's house, and it, a, a friend's car. It smelled so bad. It smelled so bad because his, he, this is years ago, not, at, not here in town, just so you know. But it traumatized me. This was like 25 years ago, and it traumatized me. It smelled so bad because they had a little kid, and the little baby had spilled milk. And it had gotten so spoiled. The spoiled milk smell in that thing. I cracked the window, and I stuck my nose out just to get some fresh air. It smelled so bad, but my friend didn't notice why. He'd gotten used to it. He'd gotten used to it. I didn't have it in me to tell him that, bro, I'm having a hard time right now. It smells so bad, but he'd gotten used to it. He didn't notice. He's just smiling at me, trying to have a conversation. Some of us have milk that is spoiled, and we can't smell how bad it is anymore. And God wants to get in and clean the mess up, not just throw some perfume around it. It don't smell better just because you look better. There's something wrong, and it needs some professional. It needs like a, a, a technician to get in there and take out what doesn't belong, what, what, is, what, what is not okay, what is, what, is, what is unbecoming in us. But we may have gotten used to it. God wants to break us. There's a, a young man in our church and if you were to look at him, he's this tall, handsome, athletic young guy, high school student. But every so often, he needs to go and have a special procedure done where they actually will break some of his bones. Because although on the outside you can't tell, his bones are growing incorrectly. And although he doesn't wear it on his face, he's often in pain. And so he voluntarily goes to a specialist who breaks his limbs and stretches, separates them, and they graft some devices on them so that his bones will grow back and fill the gaps of the break. And it's painful, you can imagine. And it's difficult, you can imagine. And some of might look on the outside and say, why would you do that? You look fine, but he knows how he hurts. And he knows how he doesn't move the way that he should move. He has to go voluntarily to someone who knows how to break him right so he can heal right, so he can function right. 2021 needs to be the year we stop jumping out of the specialist hands, but we volunteer ourselves and say, have your way with me. Great physician, break me. No one knows I'm struggling, but break it and straighten it and fix it because I'm not functioning right and I hurt, but you can make me well. In his hands, he takes it if you give it. And if you stay there, he is going to break you. As your pastor, I promise you, he'll break you. I won't lie to you and say, no, it's like Disneyland. No, he'll take parts of you because he loves you and something smells bad and something needs to get dealt with at the very core of who we are. Some things we think are precious aren't precious. That's right. 
Some of us have begun to worship our, 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 our uh, pride. And if anyone crosses us, we take it personally to the point where we get angry and maybe even violent. That is an idol that needs to get broken off of you. Can't hold on to things that don't belong to him. He needs to break us. He breaks us for a reason. You know that we live longer now than we've ever lived? Like, I think in the 70s, the average, you know, Lori's gonna live a lot longer than me. I already know that. She's got those good genes. My genes aren't so great, but I mean, they're handsome genes, but they're not, they don't live long. But we live into our 70s now. And even that is quick. We know many that live into their 80s and 90s. But can I just tell you that compared to eternity, it's a blink. It's a, it's a blink of an eye. So why do we live? Why have you made it this far? And why at this time in history? See, he takes you and he blesses you and he breaks you so that he can give you. He gives us. He wants to give us. That's the second point today. He, we need him to give us. Can I just tell you how freeing it is to stop living for yourself? Where everything is about us, where everything is about me. When, we, when we, one starts to live focused, you take care of you, take care of you. But, but I think that, we, you know, too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. And there's definitely this emphasis, take care of yourself, take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and that is true. But don't worship you. Don't worship you. Don't live for you. Live for him. And what's he gonna do is he's gonna give you because God is a giver. The father gave us his son, Christ, Jesus Christ, who came and walked and lived the perfect life and died on Calvary so we could have eternal life. Then the son gave us his Holy Spirit who came and empowered the church and directed the church and lives in us and dwells in us today. We, his church, he empowers and he speaks and he prophesies and he heals and he coaches and he counsels. But the Holy Spirit gives us. He orchestrates our lives and he empowers us not only for our own benefit, but just as importantly for the benefit of others. There's a saying that we're blessed to be a blessing. Say that with me. We're blessed to be a blessing. That's your purpose in life. That's your purpose. If you want to know what you were put on the planet for, it was to be a blessing. It was to bless others in the name of God. What, what uh, you know, my daughter Eden is praying about what school to go to. And those are important decisions. So, so pray. But let me tell you that you were born to be a blessing. You might be praying about what job to take, what, what, which direction to go with your career. That's great, pray, it's important. But what matters more than what you do is why you do it. It's not what you acquire, but what you're able to share. It's not how good you feel 
at the end of the day, but how good you feel helping others feel good about what direction their life is taking. God has blessed you with finance and blessed you with talent and blessed you with experience and blessed you with connection so that you might be a blessing to others. A blessing. He wants to give you away. He wants to share you as his children. He wants to move through you and impact through you and transform even through your life. So he wants to bless you and give you. Why? Because he wants to change the world. And he will change the world through us and with us. We did it this year in 2020, despite all opposition, despite all odds. Thrive gave and served and volunteered and prayed, and we changed the world around us. You saw the video with the, with the children as, 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 as our missionaries were praying over property and, and over people that they're going to be building these tabernacles for. They're so excited. We were able to continue to fuel the gospel all across, all around the world and love on people right here in our community. We change the world. Our city's better because we're here. Your workplace is better because you're there. He wants to change the world through us. It says in verse 17, they, ate, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples still picked up 12 basketfuls of pieces, beautiful pieces of bread. He will change the world. I want you to know, family, that you have a calling on your life. You have a missio day, a mission of God. You, God wants to take you and bless you and, 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 and break you and give you. He wants to use you to change the world. And we did it last year. I'm going to conclude here briefly. We're gonna, we believe we're going to keep doing what we did last year keep blessing people locally, keep discipling people here in our church. We're going to continue to fund our missionaries but we're gonna also build two more tabernacles for a total of four tabernacles in Angola, Africa. We're gonna build, by the grace of God, a church, Thrive will build a church in El Salvador this in 2021. We're gonna train 100 pastors in Cuba in Bible and leadership so they can reach their nation. We're gonna do that this year. We're gonna conduct special projects here for children and young people and the less fortunate right here in our community. If God so wills it, we're gonna knock this wall down and make room. We're gonna make a difference in a number of ways and we do it together. So I'm, I'm, gonna, end, I'm gonna end just letting you know and that, that Thrive Church is in a healthy place. I, I, I wanna bring you in to this life of generosity and power. Because thrivers are givers. <laughs> We're givers. Like we look for reasons to give. I want to encourage you, family, if you, if you struggle, this is a health, this right here, right here, this right here, this is a health thing, not a, not a guilt thing or a need thing. Right here, right here is a health thing. I want you to know, family, that God's word shows us that he works and the generosity of his people. I'm talking, and right now I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about your time. And I've talked about your time and your wisdom and your networking, but I'm also gonna talk about your finances. That's such a personal part of our lives. In Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, it says this, one person gives freely yet gains even more. 
Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. And then it says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That, that, that translation, in other, in other translations there, it's, it says, he who provides water will himself be watered. So he who waters someone else's crops or slacks someone else's thirst will have his crops watered and he, his thirst will be quenched. Luke 6, 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for the, with the measure you use, it will be used to you. So use a big cup. Use a big measure Pour it out and it will be poured into you. Psalm 41 says, blessed is the one who considers the helpless. The Lord will save him on a day of trouble. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive. And he will be called what? Blessed upon the earth. And do not turn him over to the desire of his enemies. Verse three, the Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed in his illness. You will restore him to health. Why am I sharing this with you? It's because Thrive Church is a generous church, but not everybody gives generously. There might be someone here who's listening, who struggles in this area. You look and you think, I just don't have enough. I want to encourage you in this life of, of generosity. And it isn't because Thrive needs it for Thrive. Thank you for those who give. Because you give, we are in a great financial position. We weathered the storm because of your giving. But for those, and, and for those who give, you've already, those of you who give, you already see the dynamic. You've experienced the season where you watered other people and then you went into a drought and you were watered. You've experienced the overflowing blessings of God in that part of your life. I just want those of you who struggle in this area to come along and grow in this so you can be, have the same blessing. So your marriage can be at peace, so your children don't have to hear you arguing and concerned, so they're not anxious because you are, are often struggling month to month. This is not a get rich scheme. I'm not saying you're gonna get rich. I'm saying God will meet your need and you'll always have more than enough. You'll have more than enough. So if you are struggling with this, I just wanna give you five things to consider and then I'm gonna close. Number one, if you, step one, if, if you don't give anything, give something now. Give something. The biblical principle is the tithe, and we're not going to back off of that because we're a Bible teaching church. But we all have to start somewhere. We come to Christ, and some parts of us grow fast, and other parts might grow slowly. Some of us, we got saved and it was really easy to give. In fact, it was really easy to tithe. But for others, it's not, has not been so. So start with something if you don't give anything. Step number two, if you've already given something, I encourage you. It's not a challenge as much as an encouragement. Give something regularly. This is just another step. Make a commitment to Christ that on the first of every month, you'll give something. Or, on the, or, or once a week, you'll give something. Or twice a month, you'll give something. But take another step. Number three, the third step is to give a set amount regularly. Maybe you've given and, and you're starting to give, you know, 
regularly, but it's not a set amount. The, the beauty of this is it might not be the tithe. It might not be 10%, but you're starting to budget. You're starting to say, okay, we're gonna give this amount at this time all year, every month or every week, whatever it is. And God, we're gonna trust you with this. And God sees your heart. He sees your heart. And you make that a commitment. You work it into your budget. Until you grow that, until you get to the biblical standard, the biblical kind of minimum, which is the tithe. And I promise you, if you take those steps, you're going to see God dynamically work in your finances. We have people who share testimonies and they, they, they get excited about giving because they see their giving is doing things for his glory. You grow to the tithe. And then for those of you who tithe, like I do, like many, many of you do, then the last step is to pray about being an extraordinary giver that you, you're giving what God has said in his word. But if God moves you, if you don't have to wonder about tithing because that's just, that's clear as day. But, but if you already tithe, thank you and pray, Lord, would you like me to use my financial strength to help build that church in El Salvador or to help fund that ministry at Thrive that blesses me or is blessing my kids or, or I... You're, they're training pastors in Cuba. I want to get behind that. And you want, and you want to give to the GROW Project. God will, God will do that. He'll, he'll tell you yes or no. He'll tell you yes or no. But I encourage us, family, to get on this path of making a difference. He wants to take us. He wants to bless us. He wants to break us. And he wants to give us. Family, I love you, and I am so grateful for your faithfulness all year. 2020, we'll never forget. I am going to remember, I'm going to remember the masks and the hand sanitizer. We're still using them. When we get through this, I'm going to remember the protests. I'm going to remember the, I'm going to remember the riots. I'm going to remember a difficult election season. I'm going to remember a lot of things that, I wish would not have happened, but I'm also gonna remember the faithfulness of God to calm my children and the faithfulness of God to lift my head and the faithfulness of Thrive and this family that prayed and stuck with us and volunteered the ways that they could and gave even though their financial, the financial situation was in question because through it all, we came out as more than conquerors. So family, today, I love you. I bless you. We're here to pray for you. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.